You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden. And bringing you tonight's episode, or today's episode, I suppose, is MyBookie. Our friends at MyBookie have a great deal for you. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Again, that that promo code is LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. And they will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. That is at MyBookie. MyBookie.ag, play, win, and get paid at MyBookie. Frank, uh, the Bucks. I, I, we were kind of discussing this before we started, and I think there is a number of ways that this game could have annoyed me much more. Like, it, there could have been a number of ways that I would have been a lot more upset at this game. But instead, it's just like, okay, like this is the Bucks team I've seen for the last month. Uh, you look at them tonight, offensive rating of 117.9. That's great. Scored the ball well. That's a very good thing. Defensive rating of 125. Didn't stop anyone. Didn't look to appear to have more than one defensive rotation in them. Um, didn't look like they were able to stop the ball at any point. Didn't have any idea what to do with Kevin Love. Uh, certainly didn't have any idea what, what to do with LeBron James when Giannis wasn't on the floor. Or really when Giannis was on the floor, they struggled with it as well. Um, but that, I mean, that kind of sums up this Bucks team from the last last month or so. So I, I don't know the that really upset me. They started okay in the first half, um, which was nice to see, a welcome change. Uh but yeah, they lose to the Cavs and they gave up a bunch of points. So I don't know. I, I'm not. Do, do you have a more visceral reaction? No, I mean, uh, if you watched the last like week or two of the, you know, let's say a couple weeks of the Bucks, this kind of made sense as far as outcomes go because I mean they they had a really hard time stopping bad teams and the Cavaliers for all their you know up and downness are obviously a super explosive offensive team and they get back Kevin Love tonight. Um, who once again caused the Bucks a ton of problems early. Um, they continue to play John Henson, even though Henson, you know, again can't guard Love on the perimeter, and Love even blocked Henson at the rim twice. Um, so you know, it was just kind of the usual combination of things that often are frustrating at watching the Bucks against the Cavs, where um, you know, in this case, LeBron was awesome, and Giannis eventually kind of. You know, the fourth quarter really put, turned it on, trying to bring the Bucks back. But, um, you know, you got a monster night from Giannis with 37 points, 11 boards, 5 assists. Uh, really efficient, 20 shots, 11 free throws. Made all of his free throws, so that was good for my mental health at least. Um, but, uh, you know, you had a big night from Giannis and Chris Middleton. You know, I feel like we've been saying a lot of times lately, Chris Middleton, an efficient shooting night. Chris Middleton took nine threes tonight, and I'm, I'm pretty damn thrilled about that. Um, <laughs> he took some when he was actually kind of guarded. Um 
you know, he hit five out of nine, uh, scores 30 on 16 shots. I mean, you know, again, 67 points on 36 shots from Chris and Giannis is a fantastic sort of, you know, building block to uh, or a couple building blocks to start from, especially offensively. You're generally going to have a good night offensively. But um, obviously, as far as, you know, other guys contributing offensively, maybe you didn't need, you know, huge nights from anybody else to, to be effective. Um, but certainly, you know, Henson had a forgettable night. Um, Bledsoe in particular, I'd say Bledsoe was, you know, the worst buck overall tonight. Um, five out of 15 shooting, one out of eight from three, 13 points, did have eight assists, two steals, two blocks. You know, he kind of was the usual sort of chaos inducing Bledsoe in terms of creating some blocks and steals and, you know, making some plays, getting guys some shots, but also five turnovers. And, you know, I just think a lot of those shots that he missed as well as some of those turnovers, just, you know, casual Bledsoe, just, you know, kind of stuff where it just felt like, you know, man, this Bucks team should be so much better than it is. And tonight in particular, a lot of times Bledsoe has, you know, he'll always kind of have like a few of those moments per game, it seems, where the offense sort of is slow to get into a set and, you know, he doesn't really seem enough hurry. And then, you know, he ends up having to take like a long contested two that he misses. And it's just like, this is terrible basketball. Um, but then most nights he actually makes enough plays that he actually, you know, I mean, obviously on the season, he's been an efficient scorer. Um, and you know, the bucks have generally been obviously better when he's been on the court and tonight, um, you know, it was just a bad night for him to, to really struggle. Um, you know, George Hill was completely anonymous, uh, over two didn't score a point in 21 minutes, but, um, certainly, you know, other than that, um, the bucks, you know, even with that, it didn't feel like the bucks really had an advantage at the point guard spot just because just felt like Bledsoe's decision-making just was so hit or miss all night long and um, he was so you know, bad tonight that i didn't have one person or two people suggest this i had three four may, maybe five people ask me is it bad that i prefer brandon jennings tonight and yes that's bad i gotta say <laughs> but so you're having a pretty rough night if that's the case like if someone if five people are asking me if if they should be okay by feeling that Brandon Jennings is a better option. I like, yeah, you're having a rough night. And I mean, it, it was, uh, like you said, most of the nights you're going to get, I don't know, 70% good blood. So 30% bad blood. So maybe a little bit higher, 75, 25, um, on the nights when Eric blood. So bad. You get, I don't even know. 40% good Bledsoe, 60% bad Bledsoe, like eight assists to five turnovers, not good. One for eight from the three-point line. Um, we've seen a, a number of nights uh, this year, or I guess a, a number of the times where he's bad. It's just chucking up threes when you aren't hitting any of them. Um, I'm trying to think that Wizards game, uh, or I think in like January or February, was it like one for nine as well? Like it just just bad shots, no flow, just not really feeling really where where anything is going. And then, uh, obviously, I, I'm i always tweeting out Bledsoe transition turnover alert and got to use that one again tonight. Uh, and just to, and I guess I could have used it for any of the Bucks players tonight because they had turnovers in transition like crazy. And it's just interesting to think that uh, the one thing everyone wants the Bucks to do is, is play fast, right? Gotta get out there. Gotta play fast. Well, bad thing is the Bucks are 
terrible in transition. Terrible. Like, they just come up with empty transition possessions all the time. Like, if it's not a one-on-one or one-on-two take for Giannis, sometimes Middleton or Bledsoe, anything that involves passing, running a lane, uh, using teamwork of some nature on a fast break, Bucks just aren't going to do it. Like they, I, I can't even comprehend because they have so many transition weapons that it boggles my mind just how bad they've been in transition. And it was something Joe Pronti had mentioned the other night that there's just empty possessions in transition all the time. And you think about a game like this where the Cavs score all these points and, well, if you're just slightly more efficient in transition, like maybe this is a game the whole time. Yeah, I was... I was surprised that the Bucks outscored the Cavs 19-5 in transition. It didn't didn't feel like it was that big of a difference. Um, but obviously, the Cavs shooting 15 out of 38 from three kind of made made all the difference in the world. Um, and and you know they really didn't need to get tons of easy buckets. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? Like the Bucks obviously have, you know, uh, everything starts obviously with Giannis and his ability to push. And you know, teams are teams probably defend the Bucks are more disciplined in transition against the Bucks just because you have to account for Giannis mm-hmm. um, in a way that obviously, you know, only, I mean, you know, again, you, I think there's a good case that he's the most dangerous transition guy in, in basketball. Um, but obviously, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's tough um, that, that you feel like the Bucks should have more success than they do. Um, you know, it's kind of hard. I was looking at some of the offensive play stats and uh, on, clean the glass and they're 13 in points per possession and transition um but you know again like you would think like man you have all these weapons like shouldn't you be you know better um and uh, i don't know i mean the numbers are are generally um are generally pretty solid I mean, the third in in frequency of of possession started with the transition play um but you know, again, like in terms of actually converting in transition, I mean, they're middle of the pack in terms of, um, you know, per 100 transition plays, they score 121 points, um, which isn't really dramatically better than than what they do, you know, with it just overall. Yeah. Um, and so. So, yeah, it, it, it does feel like, you know, you could be you could be even better than than you are. Um, so. So, yeah, it's tough. And tonight and, and Hubie, Hubie Brown, you know, had, a, a, I think, a number Whew. of good observations during the game. But, you know, one of the things he Hubie, talked Hubie. Oh, my gosh. He was great tonight. One of the things he, you know, he talked about was just, you know, just not filling the lanes, not spacing right. Um, I mean, how many plays did the Bucks try to throw the ball up court and throw it out of bounds <laughs> long? Yep. Giannis had a miscommunication with Jabari on an alley-oop. Um, you know, I, I forget, was it Giannis who threw one off the backboard from a bunch of feet? Or maybe that was for Giannis by Middleton. And, nope, Giannis you know, threw it, one off the backboard to Middleton, which yeah, is it's just, just illogical. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just like one of those things like you you like that they're trying to to get the ball up in transition more. Um, Jennings had a nice, you know, kind of handful of possessions, I think, in the second quarter, I want to say, um, where they actually did get out of the break. And, and that's the, obviously the one thing he does well is he knows that you, you got to push the ball and you got to, you know, put pressure on the defense. And then obviously if you're Brandon, you know that you're not the one who should be shooting on transition. <laughs> um, so, so they actually, you know, had, had a few moments there, but um, you know, again, um, Brandon, obviously, I mean, for, for anyone thinking that Brandon's a solution, obviously, you know, I mean, they're, they were also, they were minus one of Bledsoe on the court, minus six with, with Brandon and, you know, defensively, there's just, 
no place to hide him. I think against a team like the Cavs, I mean, they will find him every time. They'll get him on switches. Um, and he obviously is just a dramatic down uh, downgrade from Bledsoe defensively, if, if only because of the switching and stuff. Um, so, yes, Brandon Jennings, not not the answer. Um, certainly, I think more interesting, you know, will be when, when Brogdon comes back, right? Um, you know, again, I don't think Brogdon's really like an ideal fit for them necessarily either. He's had defensive problems as well. But, um, you know, again, like, uh, obviously, uh, at, at times it's 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 been tough. You know, when when Bledsoe gets into his you know bad Bledsoe, bad so whatever whatever the the appropriate nickname is, casual Bledsoe, um, it, it can just be be difficult to watch. And um, again, there's just oftentimes that, and this is not Bledsoe. Also, like Middleton and how Middleton gets his shots. There's just oftentimes you know you just have that feeling like the Bucks are just scoring points just by sheer force of will and Giannis's talent and Chris's talent. And it's, you know, it's not, there's nothing dynamic or sort of constructive really happening. It's just sort of, you know, like they're doing it with, you know, one hand tied behind their back almost. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was tough. And again, I, I you kind of wonder defensively, um, uh, you know, the Cavs are going to, you know, especially with love back, um, they're going to, you know, make a lot of teams look bad defensively um but the bucks also of late it's just i don't know um you know especially with some of the lineup combinations that we've talked about with jabari obviously getting a longer run um jennings getting getting run um this team is you know gonna get exploited even more so than than usual probably uh, and so so i don't know i mean it, it, the last you know these last few weeks of the season it's it's kind of interesting i'm i'm curious you know are they going to be able to defend at any point or is this just gonna you know is this team sort of just gone into eh, whatever let's just outscore guys mode because certainly with you know guys want to do well for themselves um and you know there's a you know lame duck coaching staff in place not exactly ideal for holding guys accountable defensively either um you know i don't know what the ceiling of this team is defensively at this point given given the lack of continuity they've had and you know, the fact that they came into the season with one scheme and they've tried to adapt a little bit over the course of the season, but, um, it'll be interesting. I mean, they have to score points and unfortunately tonight, um, you know, you had to score too many points cause you, you know, again, the Cavs just had too much firepower and you didn't do enough to stop them. So John Henson has turned into a pumpkin, right? <laughs> it feels like it. It right? feels like it. But, like, yeah. I mean, all the good stuff that he was doing early in the year, like that's gone. Right. Um, uh, well, it's certain. I mean, it certainly felt like since he since he had he had that. I mean, again, it was in Brooklyn, but he had that great game in Brooklyn against the Nets where he he hurt his hamstring and he yep. missed a couple games. And I just don't know that he's it, done the same since then. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't know. And again, like I mean, it's a hamstring injury. Um, was that before the All Star break or after? I can't even remember at this point. Um, but again, you would think he should be back at this point to you know whatever. It's not like. You know, he's a hundred meter sprinter, right? Like you would think if he got back in the lineup after a few weeks, his hamstring wouldn't be slowing him down. But um, certainly he's he's I don't know. I feel like we have not had many games where we've said, oh, John Henson played really well tonight. Right. And we've been talking about them missing Tyler Zeller, which is a bad sign. And he was out tonight. And um, I mean, give credit to Thon Maker. He actually did some stuff out there. Took him, what, 24 minutes to grab a rebound. But uh, other than that, you know, he was the sacrificial lamb on Jan on uh, LeBron a couple times, but um, for the most part, you know, I'd say generally a, you know, more of a positive night from Thon who also I think it was a game high plus nine for the bucks, um, but hit some shots, hit three jump hooks, which might be matching his <laughs> career total number yes. of jump hooks. Um, so, so anyway, I mean, Thon actually, you know, I, I mean, 
12 points on 10 shots, not like necessarily something to write home about, but um, it felt like, it, you know, it's, it's probably never a good sign when Thon Maker comes into the game for the first time and you're like, oh, maybe Thon can be a, an upgrade because Lord knows he has not been from 95% no. of this season. But but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Henson is, it, especially with the starters being so bad, it's like, you know, if John Henson, if we found out John Henson was, you know, suffering from a little bit of a hamstring thing, I'd say just sit him down, <laughs> let him sit. You know, if Zeller, when Zeller's back, play him at the five more. We saw at least some Giannis at the five, but mostly in the fourth quarter when they were down big. Um, but certainly Henson is, is not adding much. And a night like tonight, I mean, again, Henson is not going to be comfortable guarding Kevin Love at the three-point line. That was painfully obvious very early. And... I mean, Henson got under the basket twice and got blocked by Love, which is like literally the only place where he should have an advantage is yep. finishing at the rim. And he couldn't even do that against Kevin Love. So um, he was really just pretty useless tonight. And, you know, yeah, minus 13 with the rest of the starters all being, you know, minus two or better. That that definitely felt like a, a the correct uh, the correct number. Plus minus obviously can can play tricks, but um, seemed reasonable tonight. Well, speaking of turning into pumpkins, I believe that's part of the Cinderella story, right? And speaking of Cinderella stories, the madness of March is here. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Join my bookie today. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can even place a bet after tip-off, which, as games go crazy... uh, that's that's always a good thing, and with all the, the games on the slate coming up here this weekend, there is a whole lot of opportunity to get some of those bets in. So join now, and my book, you will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. You can even enter for a chance to win their million-dollar bracket challenge. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Again, that's locked on NBA to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie today. Play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. Promo code locked on NBA. And Frank, I guess the reason why I bring up Henson being a pumpkin is just the fact that I thought it was such a, a good story at the start of the season. It was such a positive thing for the Bucks. Like we were to the point where Rather than looking at Henson as dead money, he was money that was like actually playing up to that level. And that that was just such a huge win for this Bucks team because it adds another player to the rotation and adds another guy that can make an impact um, or, or at least not be a negative when he's on the floor. And tonight he was a negative 13. Uh, like his finishing by the basket just hasn't seemed to be the same. Uh, defensively, I don't know if he's making the same impact there. Like there's just not that. I don't want to. I don't want to call it magic because I'm not sure um, anything John Henson does is magical. But there's just not that same feel to his game anymore. And, and it's just such a killer with Zeller out because you can't say, oh, well, you know what. Henson gave us his 18 tonight. Well, let's get him out, and then we can run Zeller for 25 to 30. And if we if we need to use Thon for a five minute stretch, okay, fine, whatever. You do it in the second quarter against a bench unit. Get those five minutes out of the way, and then you have your 48 covered for the night. Like when Zeller's out, it's like okay, well, where do we go from here? Because Henson isn't playing well. He's getting eaten alive by Kevin Love, both offensively and somehow. Um, at the rim as well. He's getting blocked by Kevin Love. Like, he's getting eaten alive. So we go to Thon, and then 
where do we go from here? And uh, it's just it's, it's such a struggle to put together minutes at the center position right now. And uh, it just is so very clear when Zeller is out. So I don't know what what uh, John Henson was ordering at Chipotle during that stretch, but whatever it was, you should go back to ordering that because the Bucks could really use some help there at center. And um, I, I guess we're, we're going to do this. Uh, Tony Snell, one for seven tonight from three. Uh, five points, uh, two assists on the night. And, I mean, Tony hasn't been good this year, right? Like, am I missing anything there? Like, he, he has not played to the level of his contract. Well, I mean, he's shooting 42% from three, so, and I don't know, is there any other offensive stat that is even worth looking at for Tony? Mm. Like, he's not going to, he's not, he's, he's, he's always going to be low volume. I mean, his usage is even further down than what it usually is. Um, defensively, he's generally kind of always like, you know, versatile, but like not great, but you know, you can put him on anybody. He's an innings eater, you know, you can, yeah. you can put him on good players and, you know, whether it's. Russell Westbrook or, you know, wings, like, again, he won't, like, embarrass himself. He's I would not, not going to lock anybody down. I would not down. have guessed he's shooting 3.6 threes per game. I would have thought it was lower than that, just because it feels like there's just been stretches of this season where he's just not been shooting. So that's not too bad. Like, last year was yeah, 4.4, well, 4. Yeah. this year 3.6. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, he's a low-volume guy, and, uh, you know, you wish, obviously, that you could – get him shooting five threes per game at 42% or, yeah. or 39 or 40%. Right. Um, but I mean, that's, that's sort of a problem with this team in general, obviously is that they don't really value the three point shot. You know, I mean, Chris Middleton tonight finally shot a bunch of them, but um, you know, I was watching when, when we, uh, after we podcast about the Hawks game, um, you know, Torian Prince shot like 13 threes in that game. He has, he's had like double digit three point attempts in like, I don't know, like three of his last five games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't looked up how many times Chris Middleton has shot double digit threes in a game. I can't remember it necessarily happening at all this season. Um, but obviously it's not really kind of a priority for him to shoot a lot of threes. And, um, you know, again, like I, I think part of that's Chris Middleton, but I think part of that's just the Bucks just don't, don't, really run plays or run offense to do that i think maybe they've tried to shoot more like trail threes both tony and chris like occasionally do shoot threes in transition but um you know for the most part uh it's i don't know it just feels like kind of a slog you know by the way i just looked it up so chris this year he shot five out of 11 threes in the 43 point game he had in charlotte that was in uh uh, this is November 1st, and he had a 4 out of 10 game, also against Charlotte, uh, in Charlotte on December 23rd. That was without Giannis. Um, and interesting, I mean, the month of November, he shot, or sorry, month of December, he shot nine or more threes and let's see, three, like four out of eight games. So there was a time when Chris was shooting a bunch of threes, and then it kind of just went away. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think Chris and Tony, again, like they're both guys that at least they occasionally run those handoff plays for Tony to shoot threes. Like mm-hmm. I think Bledsoe had one of those. He ran with Middleton to get Middleton an early three tonight, which was nice to see. Cause it's just like, you know, it's like we always talk about, like, why are there no plays seemingly designed to get Chris <laughs> Middleton a, a, a three? Like, yeah. it seems like unless it's the last, like 30 seconds of a game, then they're down. Like 
they don't ever really look to actually set that up unless it's just a ball movement thing. Um, and obviously you want to see, you want to see more of that. So, um, so yeah, I don't know that that kind of got diverted on the Tony Snell thing, but yeah, I mean, Tony Snell, I mean, I guess it's like, what was our expectation that, I mean, I think he's been pretty much the same type of defender he's always been. And, you know, um, he's still over. I think one of our over-unders was 40% three-point shooting. I think I took the under and you took the over. So you're still winning that one, I think. Um, and again, it's almost, it's the funny part is like Tony doesn't shoot enough threes. So it's like, you can have like a two or three week slump and his percentage <laughs> doesn't, just doesn't seem to change, change that yeah. much. Because, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny. Mark Jones on tonight's broadcast on ESPN was like, oh, he's he's showing signs of coming out of a season long malaise. I know he referred to it as a malaise, but like basically may implied that, that only recently has he been coming out of his funk. It's like, I mean, he shot like 50% <laughs> from three, his first two months yeah. of the season. Yeah. Like, you know, he had a malaise, I think in one month um, where he, he definitely didn't shoot well, but um, you know, again, if, if he's been in a season long malaise and I don't know what the expectation is for his shooting, cause he's been actually yeah. making shots now. I think I, I'd also say, I mean, he had like one driving layup tonight. Like it felt like early in the season we were, he was having more of those moments where I was like, whoa, did Tony Snell just do that? Um, and it seems like of late last couple of months, there's been a lot less of that, which is kind of a you know double-edged sword, right? Is I mean, I don't want Tony shooting a bunch of stuff off the dribble <laughs> or trying to drive a bunch. Um, but it seemed like he made more plays successfully as well or in the season. So I don't know. I mean, again, like he, he kind of is what he is to me at this point. I don't think he's necessarily, I don't think he's really been, disappointing it just you know i think in a season where things haven't gone right you kind of look around and say well what could, who could be giving us yeah. more and it's like well tony doesn't tony doesn't really do a whole <laughs> a whole lot period so it's like uh could we get more threes from tony you know what could you do i think it's only natural but um so really you know, i think feel like he's sort of switching. so i mean really what we're getting to with these bucks games is one a fast forward button like let's just get it over with and two i mean everything uh, like just watching the game, and I mean, it was really clear with Hubie Brown on the call tonight. But every single game is just another indictment on the Bucks schemes, right? Like everything schematically is not good. The defense is not going to get better this year because they're running the same scheme, and maybe they're running it less inspired. And John Henson is a pumpkin, and like you have more of that stuff to figure out. But like <laughs> defensively, like it's it's just not working, and it's not going to work. Like you're adding, you're actively adding worse defenders in there with Jabari and Brandon Jennings, uh, and I guess to some extent Thon being a pumpkin as well defensively this year. Like you're just adding more stuff defensively to a scheme that clearly was broken, which is why you fired your coach. Uh, now you're sitting there offensively, and throughout the game, you're just th- there was a perfect one. Uh, so Giannis got uh, a post up on the right wing, like he always does. Like they always do where they clear out that right side. And in the – or excuse me, on the left wing. So he's on the left wing post up. Right corner is Thon Maker. Right baseline is Jabari Parker, which is – actually a good setup like that's where those two players should be respectively like you wouldn't want Thon underneath the basket like having him out there is preferable like Jabari could be in the other spot but Thon definitely shouldn't be the one underneath the basket he should be the one outstretching the floor so he's doing that and then all of a sudden uh Giannis gets the catch and Hubie goes where's the cutter where's the cutter and there just wasn't a cutter everyone was standing and then this I think the second time he says, "Where's the cutter?" Jabari Parker like kind of like walks up the lane 
and like walks into the middle and it was literally like the one spot he could have moved to that was going to bring a help defender to the drive Giannis was trying to make to the middle and like it ended up kind of being kind of sloppy I think Giannis like got bumped and then eventually Jabari got it and shot a little floater missed it and it went the other way and it was just like that's so bad that's awful like uh, (laughs) <laughs> that's just terrible basketball. Like, I, there's no other way around it. Like, and it just moments like that kept happening, happening throughout the night. Like, Hubie Brown going, "What is going on on this play? Like, what are the Bucks doing?" And then, it, for every Bucks fan watching, getting to see something you've seen fifteen, twenty, thirty, one hundred times already this season, and you're just like, "Well." That's Bucks basketball, uh, but like for Hubie, a fresh set of eyes, uh, just watching over and over, and just thinking to himself, "What is going on? Like, how is this? What is happening?" And I, I mean, I, I, obviously, we can try to break down the games every night, and I've, we like to do that, and we can find different things in there. But underlying all of this is totally broken schemes. So, like, I, we can say something like, oh, this should be happening, this player should be doing more of this, but really, like, everything's broken. And, like, that's just kind of the reality of the situation. <laughs> and, uh, like, I'll keep trying, and, and I'll keep breaking stuff down. And, I, I mean, I thought there was an interesting spot late where uh, it, it would have been to cut it to, oh, five or something like that, where Middleton drove, kicked it out to Bledsoe. Bledsoe misses the left wing three. Uh, Cavs get the rebound, and game's over. And it was just, I I thought, a a super interesting play because Middleton ended up being the one driving. But before that, Bledsoe had had the ball in the left wing, drove to the middle, and nothing happened because people go underneath Eric Bledsoe's screens and just say, whatever, man, if you want to shoot it, you're one from eight from three, and some nights he hits threes, but we don't respect you as a shooter. We're going to go underneath it, and it doesn't bend defenses. And then he tosses it to the other side to Chris Middleton, and they run a pick and roll with Chris, and his defender goes over the top of it because Chris can shoot. And then Chris is able to get into the middle, bring a helper, and kick out to Eric Bledsoe, and Bledsoe shoots it. And as you're watching, it's like, that should be the opposite. It should be the opposite. Chris Middleton should be the one that's catching and shooting. He's five of nine from three tonight. Like that should be his shot. But the Bucks don't have for all the things Bledsoe can do to bend defenses, like half court actions, like that's typically not where he gets it done. Like there's not an action where you know Eric Bledsoe is gonna bend a defense other than him maybe going one on one. And a lot of times that just means he blows by someone and gets to the rim. So there's no there's nothing that keeps the offense going. There's no catalyst to greater offense. And then you see Chris Middleton doing it, and it's like, well, Chris should be the spot-up three guy. Like, that should be his job. He should be the catch-and-shoot three guy. And, and I always think that's, that's to me, the fascinating part about Chris Middleton is not he's selfish or he takes, like, the tough shot express, like, all this stuff. Like, the tough shot express exists because the Bucks asked him to create and to take shots. Because he can do that. Like the ideally all of this would be schemed up right and Chris would be able to do the things everyone wants to do, which is just catch and shoot. But since they don't scheme it up right, since maybe Eric Bledsoe can't shoot off the dribble as well as he needs to to draw attention, like that doesn't work. Like all of it is just so messed up and there's always those moments in the game where you just watch it and think, Man, I wish it was the exact opposite of that. And 
I mean, that, I think that's just kind of where we are. And to me, that's the reality of the next 12 games and whatever their playoff series ends up being. Well, I, I would disagree in the sense that Chris also has, I mean, he, he took a couple, well, I remember he took a couple tonight of threes where the guy was like there, but like a guy like, like when Chris rises off the catch with the guy near him, like the guy didn't even really jump to contest it. Probably because like Chris, if a guy's near him, he just won't shoot those shots normally. Oh, and there's to me, a that's fascinating, the tough shot express. There's a fascinating nature nurture debate to have here. Like there's certainly some stuff in yeah. Chris Middleton in his nature that he doesn't like taking those threes. But again, that's where Jim O'Brien comes in and tells Kyle Corver to get behind the damn line and shoot threes. Like that moment hasn't happened with Chris because this the last three years of Bucks coaching has said Chris, you got to make plays for us. You got to get those four assists for us tonight. Like that's, I, I guess that's what I always go back to is like, yeah, Chris definitely passes up some threes that he should take, and instead opts for long twos. There's no denying that, and that's always been something that he's been that he's that he's always done. But no one's told him shoot the damn three. Like that hasn't happened, and, and I just always think that there's this proclivity to say oh tough shot express middleton passing up threes like well he did but someone needs to tell him no that's bad and when he plays top 10 in the league in minutes i don't think you're sending that message <laughs> like the, the way that you send that message is chris go sit on the bench until you decide to shoot threes and the bucks ain't sending that one well i don't know if i'd agree with that i mean maybe like last year he ran lots of pick and rolls with like monroe i think even though he's still at four assists per game, I don't really see the Bucks putting him in situations where they're really asking him to make plays. I mean, pick and rolls. I, did I miss those? Well, no, I'm just saying, do they tell him to like not shoot rhythm threes and instead dribble and then try to play make out of those? Cause like, that's where he's taking all those like long twos, which he's really good at, but you know, which you're obviously kind of like, that's where the whole fighting math stuff comes in. I don't know. I mean, bench him. again, I, I, I would, you don't like no, it, bench you him. but you, but you like you have to send a message. The Bucks have never sent the message. Like this is this is what I'm talking about. Like Jim O'Brien came in and said, "You don't do that anymore, or you sit on the bench to Kyle Korver." Like that never yeah, happened but you're with talking, Chris Middleton. Yeah, but Kyle Korver is a role player. Was a young role player. He wasn't a 20 point per game fringe All Star guy either. You know, I mean, Giannis takes too many mid range jumpers as well. Um, and again, like not as many as Chris, obviously, but. I think people might be surprised if you look at the numbers, like how many Giannis takes as well. And he's obviously way worse at them than Chris is. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, again, like I'm, I can't, I don't know, I'm not going to act like I know what they do and, and don't tell them. I, I mean, I recall one person once telling me when I asked them with the team, like how much of Chris's sort of, you know, again, tendency to seemingly want to shoot mid range twos over threes, you know, how much of that is coaching versus player. And I think the response I got was it's two, thirds Chris one third coaching problem um so again like I think certainly this is one of the big hopes for a new coach right is that hopefully a new coach you know whether it's the you know whether they try the Raptors you know uh, practice scheme where they say hey Chris all those mid-range jumpers are no longer worth anything in our practices go shoot threes instead um that's what I think you'd hope that you know again something like that right somebody comes in with that kind of attitude because i think that's one of the problems for the bucks more broadly is like you look at bledsoe and you look at chris and and jabari i mean really all of the bucks supporting players like you know right now i think a lot of people are just like so fed up with the bucks not winning games and you know with the offense in particular but also the defense especially with jabari you know looking like it when it works it works sort of in spite of 
the thesis of what it is, you know, like there's no identity, you know, for this team. Like the identity is give it to Giannis and hope he carries us basically is seemingly the identity on, on both sides. Um, and, and that's obviously a huge fundamental problem. Um, but I mean, this is one of the hard parts for the Bucks is like, well, do you just, you know, just say like all these guys are too flawed and like, oh, it can never work with Giannis and, and whatever. Or do you like say, we don't even have much choice, you know, <laughs> like, like we don't even have much choice, but to try to make, you know, and again, like I think they obviously have to be open to moving kind of all these guys, obviously Jabari's a free agent. So, you know, again, kind of hard to, you know, think like, oh, we're going to go into the summer and do a sign and trade, you know, that's easier said than done. But, um, but I think that's one of the problems for the Bucks is like, you know, I, I think end of the summer, like I imagine, I wouldn't be surprised if one of that group is gone. I'd be really surprised if two out of those three supporting guys were gone. Um, and I think fundamentally, like the Bucks are in a position where like, guess what? You have to go get just, um, you know, a new coaching staff with new ideas. You've had the same ideas for four years. Um, you've had, you know, a lot of, you know, Jabari's been hurt a lot, but otherwise, I mean, these guys have all been around each other for kind of a long time now, right? I mean, this is Jabari's fourth year. Giannis has been here for five years. Chris has been here for five years. Um, these guys all kind of know each other. They've been hearing the same voices for four years now. Um, you have to hope that a new coach just figures out how to way to get these guys to work together better, you know? And I mean, we've seen other teams, um, figure stuff out, you know, I mean, we've seen, you know, Indiana with, you know, getting guys like Victor Oladipo and Sabonis who in Oklahoma city, everybody said, well, these guys aren't worth, you know, Oladipo is not worth his contract. And, you know, Indiana got fleeced. And then you figure out a way how to actually use him more efficiently in, in Indiana. Now they're, you know, ridiculously good relative to their talent level. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen a team like Toronto, you know, I mean, the team that, that kind of, over the summer, this was an established team that had been around each other for a long time, had players in Lowry and DeRozan who were all stars based on the way they played the game previously. And obviously those guys haven't like totally changed the way they play. Lowry, I think obviously you love a Lowry type guy with Giannis just because he's such a great, you know, off the dribble shooter, spot up yeah. shooter. Um, but, you know, I think you have to hope that like a new coaching staff can kind of just tweak the way these guys play with each other. And, you know, again, I mean, it's always, I mean, you know, betting against the Bucks or betting against any team really is always like the easy thing, right? If, if the goal is a championship, odds are, you know, you just bet against the odds of any team that's not, you know, the Warriors or Rockets right now. And you, you're probably going to be right. Um, but again, like from a fundamental, like practical standpoint, like what are you actually going to do this summer? What opportunities are actually going to be available to make the team better? Um, I mean, I think just salary dumping all your complimentary players. Uh, you could do that. You could just let Jabari walk. You could just trade Middleton and Bledsoe for, you know, whatever cents in the dollar. Um, but then you think you're going to find that you, you know, Giannis with a bunch of like less lesser talents also is not going to take you very far, no matter how well they're coached. Yeah. So anyway, we took that way off the rails there, but no, I don't even think yeah, it's off the rails. Like, like that's, that's the way these things are going. Like that's what, like this is the box right now. Like, we can try to break down games for you, but there's like, this is what underlies all of it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, again, I want to point out, you know, and I am obviously a, 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 a Giannis Stan, Giannis staff or whatever. Um, I mean, th- th- there are a couple positives happening in the sense that Giannis, I mean, Giannis is what averaged like 35 points a game over his last three. I know the competition hasn't been that high, but Giannis is back to looking pretty unstoppable offensively. Middleton is actually making some shots. Um, 
I mean, Bledsoe, as much as he struggled tonight, I mean, again, like he does things that are can drive you crazy. But I mean, he's actually been a very effective scorer. Has actually made. I mean, he had a he had fourteen. What was it? It was like almost a club record. Fourteen straight games with multiple threes, which yeah. totally snuck up on me until I saw that stat during one game. Um, and Jabari coming back. Jabari obviously has been, you know, generally pretty effective scoring. Obviously, the defense is a question. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's 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 kind of hard because on the one hand, like, you know, yeah, I think the Bucks are close enough, especially with Giannis being so good. You know, the Bucks are close enough and they're talented enough that when they're, you know, either not blowing out bad teams or losing to good teams, it's just really sort of frustrating kind of for the reasons you're saying that it just feels like the same story over and over again. Yeah. Um, but I, again, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, I, I think we still need to, as much as the fast forward button, I mean, well, newsflash, like obviously we don't have a fast forward button. Yeah. Um, so, so we'll have to kind of cope with, with watching whatever we, we get here. Um, you know, most likely a one eight matchup with the Raptors again, because, you know, again, the, the Bucks just don't look like they are, are have the chops to, to really dig themselves out of the eighth seed. Maybe they can get to the seven, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think this is, this is a big thing is like watching what, what these guys do for the rest of the season, seeing, are there, are there combinations? Are there things that the Bucks do that actually do seem to work better than others? Are there reasons why Giannis is playing better? Or is there a reason why Chris is playing better? You know, or is it just randomness, whatever it might be, you know, Parker in particular, we've seen so little of Jabari Parker for the past year. Do we see things from Jabari that, you know, give you ideas that maybe, okay, this is how you use him. And maybe the, the way you use him is, well, you know what? He's just a six man, right? That may be the conclusion. Yeah. But these games are, are unfortunately, as much as they feel kind of, you know, like this this season feels, you know, like kind of a foregone conclusion, first round loss at this point. Um, there's a lot at stake for a lot of these guys. You know, Thon Maker, can Thon Maker actually show signs of life when he gets opportunities? Because, man, if he doesn't turn into something next year, you know, it's... I mean, then he's a washout pick, right? I mean, that's yeah. obviously the way he's trending. Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings is playing for his NBA life, right? And tonight, yep. I thought he was fine. Four assists in 14 minutes, hit a couple mid-range jumpers, which isn't ideal. But, um, you know, again, kind of at least stylistically seemed to get it a bit. Um, and I think that's a big question, right? Is, is do we see any light bulbs go off with some of these other guys? You know, do we see Bledsoe, uh, Middleton, Parker, do we see them kind of figure anything out as far as how they play together with each other? Because that's obviously been a big challenge. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll spend most of the summer talking about it. But, I mean, the one interview question I'm asking is, how do you make Giannis, Chris, Eric, and Jabari work together? And if you don't have an answer that convinces me you have any idea what you're doing, you've failed the interview. I don't even need to ask other questions, right? Like, if you don't have a cohesive plan for how you can make those four work together like there's a lot of offensive talent between those four players and uh, obviously I, I, I guess i should say i should have a second question like what the hell are you gonna do defensively um, you? <laughs> but oh, yeah. like uh but often i mean to me that's that's really where to me like that that's the one question to me that matters like how do you how do you leverage all of these guys' talents together and make a team that's better like the sum of its parts like that's like you that needs to happen that's not happening right now like there's a lot of individual talent on this team and it doesn't all fit together and work together um and like there needs to be some synergy so um to me that that's what comes to my mind one you know one thing that's interesting and i I have no insight into this but i'm really curious you know when 
when you get in, when we're going to be these, these coaching interviews and obviously there's a GM in place. And so, you know, again, if it was like a complete blank slate, you know, um, then maybe it's a bit different, but, um, I, I'm going to be really curious, like, you know, and we'll, I guess we'll never know the answer, but in these interviews, coaches come in and they answer questions like that. I'm curious. I mean, how directly, you know, are they even asked, like, would you want Eric Bledsoe on your team? Yeah. Would you want Chris Middleton on the floor with Giannis? You know, would you want Jabari Parker? Would you give Jabari Parker $10 million a year? Or do you think it's a waste of money? You know, yeah. um, I'm, I'm curious, like how, you know, I mean, I would think these would be really obvious questions to ask. On the one hand, it's not really, you know, obviously the coach's position to determine whether or not those guys get kept or traded. Because obviously they're, you know, they don't know what what the you know options might be for that. But um and and obviously ultimately like the coach has to make do with whatever he's got um, because you know it's not like there's going to be a Stan Van Gundy situation here where it's you know or a Thibodeau situation where the you know the guys both yeah. uh, the GM and uh, and the coach but um, but I'm curious you know or I'm curious if if in those situations you know do coaches tend to always try to you know blow smoke up the GM <laughs> slash ownership's ass and say like oh you got so much talent here's what i would do <laughs> because they're afraid of saying like you know i Your don't like the sucks. roster you've put together i mean <laughs> yeah well i mean but that's the thing yeah. right like i imagine especially if you're a young if you're a young coach and you really want to get that first head coaching job you're probably not going in saying like jabari's hopeless yeah he's a bum i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't uh i wouldn't bring him back at any cost right <laughs> like yeah, you're probably no, saying like jabari's really talented and, uh, and and i don't know i mean it's kind of funny right like i, I was uh i kind of I had to chuckle myself at one point you know watching the bucks chaotically kind of run around and and seemingly not really know what, what what they were doing um you know we talked about uh college coaches the other night right and ironically tony bennett goes out and <laughs> becomes the first guy to lose as a one seat ever um but uh but it's kind of funny we one of the things we talked about was you know that the job of a college coach is obviously very different in the sense that not only is there you know recruiting of high school you know athletes to your program that is hugely influential into your success but also you know just literally teaching guys how to play period. Yeah. And part of me watching the box, you know, watching Jabari, especially defensively, um, watching some of the decision making Bledsoe makes, I mean, granted Bledsoe's older, so there's probably less hope of, you know, you're not going to like dramatically turn him into some other guy, but, um, but it's kind of funny to think like, do you maybe need more of a teacher? You know, <laughs> like, yeah. do you need a guy who can teach a team how to actually run an offense, especially if it's like, going to be a new one that maybe doesn't carry over a ton? Um, not that the Bucks' offense is like so elaborate that you know there's nothing that would carry over. I mean, yeah, like you'll see Bledsoe, Giannis pick and rolls if both of them are back. Like, or, or well, I don't, Bledsoe's I don't know if I like that talk, stuff. Frank. I don't know if I want to see any elbow post touches. <laughs> I, I, I'm good with never seeing an elbow touch from a big ever again. In my life <laughs> did you by the way did you like when Giannis got that post up on the right side and like he was like kind of surveying the court trying to get the court spread and then Don runs over to set a screen for him like 10 feet from the hoop <laughs> it was like oh god you're totally smushing everything up even further um yeah I, I don't know it's it, it's it's gonna be interesting i don't you know again i i, I, I think can't, we're good for the night i can't i can't tell you i know it's gonna happen but yeah i think we're i think we're good uh <laughs> anything else from this game that that's worth pointing out um i don't think so uh not jabari's best night 12 points six rebounds three assists two steals a block but also four turnovers um and just kind of seemed not to have any flow like just what like it wasn't on the same page as Giannis on that alley-oop like 
he pointed for an alley-oop and then stopped running for an alley-oop and I don't know it was just kind of it's kind of weird it didn't seem like he had a very good flow tonight um but that would be about it yeah I'm I'm curious what uh I might probably look it up as we talk here but it, it just seems a lot of times Jabari will have like kind of fast or solid starts and then like especially in second halves obviously he's not finishing most games so it's part of it but yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It just seems like as games go on, it's like it's like he doesn't know how he's supposed to really fit in. Like when he first comes into games, yep. since especially it's usually for Giannis, um, and there's a bit of a vacuum, obviously, in terms of you know Giannis is off the court, so somebody else has to do stuff. Um, it seems like a lot of times he'll have more purpose and be very decisive. Like tonight, he was super decisive, right? I mean, he yep. got the ball early, just immediately drove to the basket and got a layup. You know, he was putting up mid-range jumpers, some of them of very questionable quality. Um, but, you know, again, like, it seemed very decisive and it just seems like sometimes, especially as games go on and again, maybe it's partly conditioning as well, just because he hasn't obviously played basketball in a year and he's just on a month back. But, um, it's kind of interesting. I mean, this is one of those fundamental questions, especially when you get all those guys out when he's out there, especially with like Bledsoe and Middleton. Um, again, like it's just like too many cooks, right? Like they have a hard enough time figuring out who should do stuff with, you know, Giannis Bledsoe and Chris, um, and then you add Jabari in there as well. It just seems like a lot of times he just sort of fades into the background. Yeah, and it's funny too because after the game on – oh, God, when was the last home game? Saturday afternoon, evening, whatever that was. Um, Jabari had mentioned – I'd asked him a, a question about, you know, like having a, a pretty good flow most of the time when he comes in. Like he typically understands like where he's, he's going to be able to find that. And like the games where he's good, he seems, like you said, very aware, very confident – and he said something about, like, I know where my spots are, and when I can get to them, that's when I can really, like, put it together. And, I mean, that, I think that kind of speaks to what you said there. Like, when he comes in with that second unit, I feel like there's just a confidence to him where he's just like, yep, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to be able to get the ball here. I might get a, a, a couple pick and rolls. I might get a right wing ISO. I might get the ball in transition and I can get out and go. Like I, I'm going to be in control here, but then when those other three are in, it's like, well, do I do I bring the ball up here? Do I pass to Bledsoe? Um, do I go out to the three-point line? Do I go for an alley-oop? We're running a fast break and someone's out front and both Giannis and I are behind. Like, who goes first? Do I go first? Does he go first? Do we both go? Does one of us go? Like, how does do neither of us? Like, how does this work? And I do. I think there is maybe some validity there. I would have to kind of rewatch for that specifically. But I think there there is something to that in that when he knows his spots, he he seems very confident and feels like he can really make an impact. And when he doesn't, it's it's not quite as clean. Yeah, and I mean, just to put some numbers so. These are per 36, so um, he's played 220 minutes in the first half, so 184 in the second half, so he's played a little bit more in first halves, but not like a huge difference. Um, first halves per 36, 22 points, uh, 7.7 boards on 50% shooting from the field, 52% from three on over four attempts per game. In second halves, 15.5 points per 36, still 51.6% shooting, so he's actually you know shooting well from the field, 25% from the field, though, um, and uh, second half boards under seventy percent from the foul line. So, so yeah, I mean, certainly his effectiveness generally has been uh, has been diminished, and his his net rating. Let me see, his net rating is also way worse um, in in second halves of games. So, hmm. um, you know, again, I, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I mean, and this is sort of the thing, right? Like when we talk about like, oh, can Jabari and, and Giannis play together? 
I mean, if a coach came in and told me that Jabari and Giannis couldn't play together, like, I mean, maybe you could argue. I mean, you could definitely argue. To, you could definitely argue to me that like Jabari is like the fourth offensive guy, like doesn't really add a lot, right? Because just there's only room for so many touches and actions yep. and whatever. Um, but like, if we're if we're going to limit to like Jabari and Giannis, like, really, like if you're a coach, you got to figure out how that works, <laughs> like to yep. me, right? Like, I, I just. I just don't buy that, like, oh, they're just Jabari's, like, too, especially offensively, that, like, off, Jabari's, like, too broken, like, in terms of, like, instincts or whatever, or yeah. style to work with Giannis. I mean, those guys have to be able to, they have to be talented enough to figure that out. They're obviously both, you know, Jabari just turned 23, Giannis is 23. Um, you have to figure that out. And by the way, the splits, first half splits for, for Jabari, 107.8 offense, 101.5 defense, plus 6.3 points per 100. Which kind of feels like a lot of times he comes into early games or, you know, early parts of some quarters and like they get nice rhythm and they actually yep. make some nice runs. Second half of games, 102.1 offensive rating, 120 defensive rating. Wow. So um, you you better hope that the real, you know, what Jabari Parker looks like on a basketball court looks a lot more like that first quarter than uh, than that than that or sorry, first half than that second half. But again, you know, still small sample, but um, that just sort of underscores, you know, just I mean, is that is there really something different happening in the second half versus first halves? I don't know, but that's that's what it's been so far. Interesting. All right, that's going to be it for us for tonight. Uh, we talked about stuff for way too long, which is not a surprise in any way. Um, all right, we're trying to work some we're trying to work some stuff out ourselves. You know, like we're trying to everybody's trying to figure this damn team out, and unfortunately, I don't. I don't know if we have any answers, <laughs> but we're trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bucks lose 124-117. Somehow during this, we didn't mention LeBron James once, which, or if we did, it was very light. Uh, LeBron had 40 points, 12 rebounds, and 10 assists tonight, um, which is just ridiculous. Uh, but Giannis almost matched it, kind of. 37 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal for him. Chris Middleton, 30 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. Uh, Bledsoe, 13 points, 8 assists, 5 turnovers. Parker, 12 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists off the bench. And Thon Maker, 3 hook shots off the bench, which, wow. Wasn't ready for that one. And Giannis is, and how about how about Giannis's like ridiculous alley oop catch dunk? Uh, that was, doesn't even make sense. That was insane. Yep, doesn't even. Jabari's make sense. Jabari's reaction, Jabari's perfect. reaction, shaking his head, running back was was kind of perfect. I don't know how Giannis caught the ball. The the like freeze frame of Giannis as the ball was being caught, like it's like barely on his fingertips. He's like body facing the like you know parallel to the baseline, <laughs> and somehow. I don't even know. Like as he came down, I was worried he was gonna like land on his knee funny and like hurt his knee or something because like it was just such a you're not supposed to do that type play. Yeah, there's no um, way your arm should be but, able to be yeah. outside of the glass and like above the square, <laughs> and then your feet like in the lane. It like none of that made any sense. So if you haven't seen it, go check out Frank's Twitter account because I think he has that and then Jabari's reaction to it, which is pretty. Pretty priceless. Uh, Bucks lose 124-117. We'll do this all again tomorrow. For Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks, brought to you by MyBookie. Head over to MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code Locked on NBA, and they will match uh, your first deposit with a 50% bonus. That's over at MyBookie.ag. For Frank, I'm Eric. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you tomorrow.